This is the podcast that rocked for August 4th, 2023. Podcast that talks about news in the world of rock, alternative metal, and everything in between. My name is Luke, host of the YouTube channel Rocked, and we're just going to jump right into some of the shenanigans that one rapscallion scandal Ronnie Radke has been up to, because they are worth pointing out. One part of this, I actually do have some agreement with. The other one, not at all, and it just points out another issue. The first one I do agree with is something that was recently said about Ronnie Radke now trying to write more hot 100 songs and big songs that get on the mainstream than just going for straight metalcore. The big quote for it is this. It's so much easier to write an effing metalcore song than sit down and write a huge hit single that breaks the Billboard Hot 100 charts. Radke added, he's so tired of seeing these clowns acting like making metal is some crazy impossible concept that only a few know how to do. Here's your chord profession. 000000000000000000000001. Congratulations. You just played the open chord for 14 albums. Number one, no, that was not a long binary chain. That was for just open tab notes for a bass line or a guitar riff. Literally just open strumming. Number two, he's got a good point. I hate to say it, but there's so much of metalcore. I felt this way since 20 18 that so much of metalcore is played with generic nothingness there is no variety it's just this open and close stock format and there's nothing to it there's bound to be someone in the comment section defending metalcore like it's their blood family line listing off all the bands they think are great and do something different Really think about it. Think about how many metalcore bands are out there doing the exact same thing. I don't like really pointing out a lot of things about this other than that, however, because I'm not saying writing a Billboard Hot 100 chart is super difficult as well as so many people have exploited the system. But at the same time, when it comes to writing metalcore, the format's been done to death. And there are way too many bands out there just following a metalcore format with no personality, no writing skill, no lyrical depth, not even really any expertise performance level, just stock metalcore. So in that sense, I do agree with one rap scallion Ronnie Radke. What I don't agree with is just about everything else he said in the past two weeks. He has been, as of this writing, banned from TikTok and is being somewhat shadow banned, according to himself, on other social media platforms, mainly for saying some alleged transphobic statements. I will not be repeating them because I don't want this podcast to get deleted. By the way, I had to clean up his former metalcore statement because there was way too much profanity to get in there. I don't want YouTube blocking that either. But over the past week or two, he's been saying quite a few transphobic statements about men and women. I, you can probably figure out all the different things he said that would get him banned on TikTok. Keep in mind, this is a man who has gone after teenage girls who say they don't like falling in reverse around Iraqi. He would stitch or duo just to make fun of them and bounce back and call them out. In essence, having his fan base call them out too. He is an attention seeker through and through, 100%. This is attention seeking dynamics. And he's even laughed about this later on, talking about how he thinks it's funny. He can just make everyone fall in line and react to it. He's looking for reactions, but he also doesn't have a lot of control. When he gets called out for his own bad behavior, he lashes out even more. This has been proven time and time again on Twitter. This is just how he is, but it all boils down to the man wanting attention. If he's not getting it all for the new music he drops, he does stuff like this. Once the music he's making gets the attention, all this stuff seems to fade away a little. But then stuff like this comes up between songs that were released over the last few years. Boom, he's in the spotlight again. This is attention-seeking tactics. This is a man who loves, loves, loves to be the victim in his music writing. 
They are all victim-based lyrics about how much of a struggle it is to be himself. Whether it's personal demons, past life, whatever it might be, you have to understand this man is all about playing the victim and getting attention for it. Those two factors make for a terrible follow on social media. You have Ronnie Radke, who has one strong point about the current metalcore scene, and then has some awful, awful things he has said and done on everybody, just about everything else. I wish that were the end of it, but he's also doubled down with his transphobic statements actually getting slightly dog whistly racist. And I can't, I will post some of the tweets he said on rock.net if you want to check him out with the podcast link. I am not going to repeat them. Just keep in mind, when you see this man and trending and all this other stuff, it's never for the music. It's for his own tactics. Maybe it's all a ploy. Maybe this is a different type of advertising. And in that sense, it's worked. Popular Monsters Gone Platinum, which is way more than their last full release, the comeback album, which did not do well, according to Ronnie. I think that's why they're sticking to singles from now on, or at least in the time being. Say what you want about the man. You can like his music. You don't have to like his music. It doesn't matter. All these tactics are for an attention-seeking man who loves to play the victim. In a weird transition to victims, but this part I actually do agree with, Corey Taylor was talking in a podcast interview about the upcoming album CMF2 and saying how artists are not regarded as people anymore. It's gotten worse, and I will make my statement about this after I read what he's been saying. He told this to Loudwire as part of a larger interview. This is one of the problems with social media. Now artists aren't regarded as people anymore. Even if they never were, they were still regarded as something that has flesh and bone. They were something to obsess about, but at least they were a person. Now, because of the feeling of being even more removed from the human experience, you might as well just be a soda machine or a phone booth for... Man, I have to clean up Corey's language too. What is it with all these potty mouth rock stars? You're an object, and you gotta be treated as such. The fact that people can't understand how utterly dangerous it is to do stuff like this, how utterly rude it is to treat people like that, how utterly incredible it is to think that you are so special that the show is just about you and not anyone else around you, the level of entitlement that is being brought out on people is disgusting, and that's for parasocial fans. And Corey Taylor can speak to that. Man, he has had some obsessive people come after him. Everyone wants to talk about just how wrong it is, continuing the quote from Corey, but nobody wants to talk about why. It's because nobody's looking at anyone as a human being anymore. Now people see that they can be disregarded as they're going to get a reaction and they're going to have something they can just tweet about again. It's one giant sucking black hole that looks like a massive butthole just sucking the whole universe into it. It's dumb. One fantastic analogy from one Corey Taylor. Uh, he's still a five-year-old, but he's hilarious at some points. Two... He's 100% right. And this goes way past musicians too, rock stars, even bands not to the level of Slipknot or Stone Sour or Corey Taylor as a solo artist. Think mid-card lower level bands were just getting their starts, finally getting a song on Sirius XM, finally getting a tour as an opening slot for a bigger band. Even those bands are having people flock to merch booths for autographs and to ask obsessive, obnoxious questions, have people waiting for them behind the venues just to talk more. They're no longer people, they're just an object to interact with. And that's what gets weird about it. A great example of this also, professional wrestling. This has been going on for years, but over the past few years, especially on the indie scene, and sometimes even on the big shows like WWE, you'll have psychotic fans try to get over the barricade and attack or interact with some of the wrestlers. Number one, no matter what you think about professional wrestling being scripted, I assure you they can beat you up. And when you try to attack someone like that on a live action setting, 
you deserve what you have coming to you. That goes back to concerts as well. If you're stupid enough to try to interact and invade personal space and cause or risk any type of security setting for safety, or let me rephrase that, if you're going to cause a concern for safety for anyone when you're trying to bum rush someone, you deserve what you have coming to you. Whether that's just getting thrown out of the venue or having an enema with a taser from security, you're pretty much asking for it when you do stuff like that. On another interesting take from another big rock star, Josh from Queens of the Stone Age is saying that the big bands that don't play their major hits is pretty awful, and I wholeheartedly agree with this one as too. Queens of the Stone Age had their recent album come out, and Josh said on a podcast, I understand that I'm always going to play No One Knows, because I still like playing that song, and that's something that's in agreement with the audience. I assume that is the part of coming here to see us, and here you go. When there's bands that don't want to play the big song on their big songs, I always think it's a little awful to do that. I had to censor that word. Acting like a song that a lot of people like is a burden is just a strange reaction to the gift that your fans have given you. Seems like an odd reaction. I wholeheartedly agree with this. I made a whole video about 10 songs the bands hate or the bands that songs hate themselves. There's quite a lot of that. One of the best examples is Radiohead with the song Creep. They despise it. They hate playing it. They hate being associated with it. But that's what made you famous in the first place. People still know the song. If that many people want to hear it and they're paying for concert tickets to see it, is it really that big of a deal to play that one song? A better example in more recent years as well Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. There was a long time for years where he refused to play 90 Smashing Pumpkins material, the stuff that made him famous. He only wanted to focus on current material, no matter what it was, and that's not what people were wanting to see. As a result, Smashing Pumpkin ticket sales went down pretty quickly over the years. All I can say is, especially if you're a bigger band, Queens of the Stone Age is up there too, They understand they can play whatever they want, but they need to make sure they're playing some of the songs people are buying tickets for. For new music announcements, we got surprised with a special little treat from Chino as Crosses announced a new upcoming album and a new song. The track Invisible Hand is out now, and the upcoming album, Good Night, God Bless, I Love You, Delete, is one, a fantastic album title, and two, will be out later this year. You can pre-order it now. The song is available and will be featured on our new new music stream on YouTube. We're going to try to move this over on YouTube, and I'm just trying to segue into this now. It'll be on YouTube 5 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. We're starting it a little bit earlier to, one, help accounts for people overseas, especially in UK, Europe, things like that, so they don't have to stay up as late. And number two, just to help offset so that way I'm not as late as well starting. 5 p.m. Eastern on the main YouTube channel for Rocks. We're going to try to do it there. I've been working on trying to get this stuff ready to make sure everything's set. Invisible Hand is going to be played on there as well. I'm a big Chino fan. I'm a Crosses fan. Good night. God bless. I love you. Delete will be coming out later this year. I'm excited for it. Hopefully it'll be good as their latest EP as well. Crossus has done a lot of great stuff. And finally, in new music news, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen just released Mammoth 2, his second solo album. It's solid. The man has proven time and time again he knows how to play. I did an album review for it on the main channel and on socials. I do wish he would venture out a little more of the mainstream format, but at the same time, that I understand is more of a personal thing because, wow, this man is a talented musician. The reason I'm saying all this is that if you haven't given Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen a chance, you need to. He's not just a son of a legend. He's his own musician in his own way, and he's earned his own name as well. Definitely worth hearing a few of the singles at least. That'll be all for this week's The Podcast That Rocked. Big thanks to my patrons YouTube members. Special thanks to Chris Doman, Brandon Bruce, and Dom Noble. Once again, we will be having YouTube New Music Night at 5 p.m. Eastern on the main YouTube channel. And finally, my name is Luke, and I'm so thankful that this week we didn't have to talk about any allegations. What's that?
Lizzo? Ugh, we can't go a week without this happening. <laughs>